1: It is time for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Our program is brought to you by The Willie Store, family-owned since 1900 in Greensboro. By Poly Construction, Gregory Drive, South Burlington, where one call does it all. By Montpelier Agway, your locally-owned Montpelier Agway on East Montpelier Road. By Menards, family-owned True Value Store, Brooklyn Street in Morrisville by Claussen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester, top quality Vermont-grown plants since 1972. By V's, Flowers and Garden Shop, flowers, hanging baskets, annuals, houseplants, potting supplies, and lots more in Wakefield. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber, Vermont's largest independent home center. Sticksandstuff.com for store locations and hours. By p Lumber, Route 15 in Wolcott, featuring family-milled lumber for all your projects. Check out p Lumber on Facebook. By Guy's Farm and Yard, with four locations in Vermont to serve you. If it eats and grows, guys can feed it. Guy'sFarmAndYard.com By Dandelion Acres Garden Center in Bethel. DandelionAcres.com And right now, here is the author of year-round indoor salad garden published by chelsea green also host of in the garden come to think of it mr peter burke
2: hey joel well good morning uh good afternoon
1: or, depending on what time zone people are listening
2: you're... well in this one it's good afternoon indeed and what a what an afternoon it's just so incredible everything is just blossoming and so uh this morning uh Right outside the bedroom window, there's a rhododendron, and it has been, you know, the buds had just been swelling up, and this morning we looked out, and there was just uh, covered with the flowers that opened up, and uh, as we were watching the flowers, uh, we noticed just one after the other, the bumblebees going in and out and in and out, and my wife decided she was going to video it and send it off to uh, relatives, and because it was uh, just a beautiful sight. And as she turned on her video... Around the corner came the hummingbird. <laughs> and she Wonderful. Absolutely thrilled, you know. <laughs> she, not only did we see it, but we caught it on video and she could send it to all the relatives. Cause, well, my son is over in India and uh, uh, his father-in-law is a big birder over there, so they're always uh, trading pictures of birds back Do they
1: have more than one hummingbird in mm, India? We've they
2: got- have no hummingbirds oh. in India. Hmm. They have a, a sim, birds similar that feed on the nectar of the flowers, but um, the, the hummingbird that we see and that we have, and all the varieties that we have, they don't have them there. Huh.
1: Is that a yeah? It, well, I think it's interesting. We just have the ruby-throated guy, and he yeah. could be, but he's he's there every year, every year. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The little
2: guys, uh, how do they do it? And they're so funny. They're they're so little and yet so feisty. Uh, I've just – it's amazing to watch them go at each other because the uh, comfrey, they absolutely love the comfrey. They have those trumpet-shaped uh, sort of pinkish uh, uh, leaves, and they when those are in full bloom, they just – they fight over it all the time. And oddly enough, in the old days when you actually had an antenna – we did have an antenna still up there for a while – they would go up and perch on that antenna. Huh. Nice and warm yeah I guess i don 't know
1: or you know maybe they 're watching uh, you know one of the nature programs, or, or somehow picking it up
2: they 're probably into Star Trek,
1: yeah well, the frequency of their wings i 'm sure is close to some kind of broadcast frequency it 's just amazing that they can move that fast it's Humming you know uh, the bit. thing that intri- well i used to you know put up this big hummingbird feeder and no matter how how often the hummingbird came to the feeder i'd still have to refresh it after a while cause mm-hmm. it was too so i bought these tiny little ones Oh, that, yeah that, that just uh, and i put about uh, six of them out oh. and by the time that those little feeders go down it's normal you know one week time to re- replenish them mm-hmm. and but i've you know so with a, a half dozen little hummingbird feeders there's plenty for everybody and yet oh. they spend more of their time and energy <laughs> chasing each other away than they come eating you know again I keep saying can't we all get along and it's plenty for everybody right, no yeah. not in the world of hummingbirds you,
2: you know, all you want we'll make more right, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I got plenty of sugar here yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh, at any rate they it, it is interesting they do they do spend all their time chasing each other away mm-hmm. once so mm-hmm. somebody mm-hmm. decides that it's but their, they're so
2: uh, small and they seem so fragile. You know, with those those wings, you just they don't they don't get you as i Well, feisty. I
1: I like watching them perch because then you get then you know, and I've got a good mm-hmm. ser, set of binoculars, and mm-hmm. you, they look just like a regular tiny little bird. Bird, yeah. How they can how they can do that with their wings, I have no idea. <laughs> but it's not for me to understand. It's for me to just uh, enjoy the enjoy. glory of nature. Yes, yeah. yes,
2: to <laughs> enjoy it. Yeah. Well, I I uh, that was a uh, that was a real treat, and and all of the, the pear trees. Uh, this is where we're we rent in Plainfield, and all the pear trees are, are uh, there was only one blossoming last, yesterday, and again, overnight, all the rest of the trees, so there's about, hmm, eight or nine trees, all the rest of them blossomed this morning.
1: Any partridges in those
2: pear trees?
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, as a matter of fact, but it's more like a turkey. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Our dog was chasing them off, <laughs> So, uh, but it's, it's fascinating. Now, that book that you lent me, the, uh, the Backyard Fruit Producers, which, uh, I have found absolutely one of the best books on fruit that I've ever, ever, uh, read. Uh, I should say what it is. It's Backyard Fruit Production, uh, by a David, uh, Schaubach. And, um it's interesting, uh, this, I'm, I'll read you just this little blurb because I think it's so important. It says the proper timing is the key to success. Insects and disease problems develop in direct relationship to the tree's spring growth. For this reason, accurate timing of spray application is Extremely important. Observe that the development of buds, blossoms, leaves, and fruit to establish a timing pattern. This is an accurate guide. The point here, and, and he develops this a little bit further on, is that if you spray between, you know, when they first start to swell to after the the final the drop, the the fruit set and fruit drop, if you do your regular spraying. That will take care of most of your problems in the late fall because all of those problems that you have with your fruits, whether it's the scab or the little wormies in there or, you know, all of those kinds of things are actually in the making first thing in spring. So that, that all of those conditions are there and set up by the time the, those first little tiny fruits set. So by getting those first, uh, couple of months of spraying in, you're, you're, you're you're setting yourself up for really nice fruit in the fall. And I, I found that, you know, really fascinating because I always thought scab, you know, when you see it, it's time to treat it but the time to treat scab is april and may <laughs> you know you be, you don't see it it's not it's not on the fruit you know but that's the time that you mm-hmm. want to actually uh, um and that's the, this book was the first time that that ever penetrated my thick skull is that that the you sort of figure well you know why spray now because you know it's just little tiny fruits and all the rest, but the, both the, the fungicide and the insecticide, um, are, are started before, just as the, the, um, the buds start to mm-hmm. swell. And, and that's your first spray is, is a, uh, and fungicide is, is you're just spraying on the wood. And that's, that's where most of the things are harbored are right in that, the wood uh-huh. and the bark and all the other stuff. So I, I found that really interesting and I, I just want to thank you for the, for the, that book and, uh, it, it has been terrific as far as, uh, um, being clear and, and concise and, you know,
1: yeah, I had a scab on my crab apples for mm-hmm. so many years, but not not anymore. One of them one of them was too close to the road and the highway department <laughs> took it down, and the second one got hit by lightning.
2: That <laughs> well, that's a whole different way to solve a problem. So I'm not dealing with
1: Well, I did a couple of years make crab apple jelly. It was Oh, yeah. Pretty, it, it, it was too complicated a process for me. <laughs> <laughs> Although I love crab apple jelly, if anybody out there makes um, crab apple jelly, I'll, I'll go, go to the farmer's market. A yeah. good
2: friend of mine who was uh, who just passed away recently always made crab apple jelly, mm-hmm. and I think we still have a couple of jars up in the, in the cupboard. But yes, uh, that was just her her absolute love was crab apple jelly. So anyway, you got your uh, your um, uh, your stocks, right?
1: The uh yep, the, the, the rhubarb. Yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Mine, mine are for some reason are not going to benign neglect apparently is uh, you know if you if you do it for too many years yeah well, <laughs> could hurt rhubarb. I did I, cut it in half a couple of times and replant <laughs> it, so I did have the secondary you know the second locations, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, those I uh, I let go as well. So.
2: Well, these rhubarb, as you can see, yeah. I mean, they just started. Word, they're they're already, already a couple inches across wow. and some yep. of them. Yeah. Yeah. And that brilliant, brilliant red. So rhubarb, here you come, right?
1: Absolutely. Well, for me, uh, <laughs> you know, strawberry rhubarb, I fr- freeze some of the strawberries from the previous year. So mm-hmm. I, first thing I do is just make this. Well, I call it my, my <laughs> strawberry rhubarb <laughs> compote. In fact, I did this back even when I was, Uh, steward at my fraternity. No kidding. Wow. I would make strawberry rhubarb compote, which I I say that carefully because Mm -hmm. my wonderful fraternity brothers referred to it as Joel's rhubarb Compost. <laughs> hey, you know, my breaded veal cutlet- cutlets were dreaded veal cutlets. My my shepherd hey, pie hey, was. You
2: know, the, who was cooking you, yeah, right? right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: My, my shepherd pie—they called German shepherd pie. So everybody kind of looked around, made sure the fraternity dog, food, dog, dog yeah. was still around. You know, but no, no German shepherds were ever. But at any rate, yeah, my my strawberry rhubarb compote. Compote, yeah. Uh, it's delicious. Yeah. yeah, well, there you go. Strawberry, you got... rhubarb, rhubarb, strawberry, yeah. and some Vermont maple syrup. Oh, just Ooh. enough, just enough to put a little sweetness in there. Oh, you know there you go. I like that. And, and that's, that, that well, was the secret. Let's, mm. let's see if someone else has a better recipe. <laughs> okay, I guess we got a call. Yeah, we do have a number, by the way, and uh, 802-244-1777. Our first caller is on the line, your first name in town.
3: Norman from Bristol.
1: Hey, Norman. How are you this morning?
3: Pretty good. Pretty good. It's a beautiful day. It's kind of warm, though. It'll be working out in midday, so I try to get it done in the morning, then late in the afternoon.
2: Yep. That's the plan right there. Yep. I have
3: a couple of things I want to ask you about. Um, Rhubarb uh, seed pods, or whatever you call them, I was wondering if it was a good thing to cut them down now, because my rhubarb is... Getting these big pods on them, and I didn't know if that was a detrimental thing or if it would bother them at all.
2: General practice is to cut them out as soon as you see them. Um, okay, you know, uh, it uh, gives more strength to the to the root and to um, to the stalks. So yeah, we cut them out all the time. My my wife considers it a complete failure if you actually see. The the flower stalk. Yeah.
3: (laughs) So she gets
2: in there early as soon as she can and gets them out.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Another thing I've I've been observing, of course, honeybees and different bees pollinating my blossoms and things uh, over the years. And last year I had a lot of honeybees. This year I have not seen one.
2: Hmm. Hmm. Wow.
3: Wow. Something's going on with the honeybees. Uh, they do grow that corn, not too far from where I live, uh, hop, skip, and a jump. Mm. And I wonder if that nicotinoids or whatever yeah. it was the, having, you know, maybe a problem. They've been growing corn up there for years, though, and no problems. But well, that
2: but you sort of put your finger on it. Is yeah, they've been growing uh, corn up there for years, but sometimes when they change the the way that they use their herbicides or the pesticides uh thought, yeah. you know that that's a, a, a definitely a good um i think your suspicion is probably right on I, but uh, it's just conjecture. I don't know for sure. Uh, it could be that, uh, the hives that were around you, uh, yeah. you know, before are gone. Uh, it could be that the, the beekeeper moved or the, the home gardener, uh, quit, you know, and all those things. But generally they'll, they'll run a couple, uh, they'll go a couple miles anyway. Uh, one of the best things that I ever put out for, uh, for the actual honeybees was that, uh, the creeping time, they absolutely love that stuff. So,
3: I've got a lot of plants, you know, you see them on mm-hmm. uh, them, you know, every year for mm-hmm.
2: forever. Mm-hmm.
3: And since I've been growing a garden, that's been probably close to 40 years, mm. maybe even more.
2: Mm. Where do you usually first see them?
3: I see them, uh, I see. Probably dandelions.
2: Dandelions, I think, is the first Possibly thing. Possibly
3: dandelion. Uh, mm-hmm. Anything, you know, the first ones to blossom out. Uh, so, yeah. whatever, you know, I'd have to think about it for a bit. But, yeah. um, it, it, you know, I've always seen them, you know. I never had a problem. I used to raise them at one time. Oh, was that right? Oh, yeah. I used to go down. My grandfather and my dad and I and my brother, we used to go out and get... Wild bee trees back when I was
2: from. No eight. kidding. What a Nine thrill. Nine or ten. Wow. Oh,
3: yeah. Wow. My grandfather had these special boxes that he made up. Very simple. But it was so interesting to watch
4: mm-hmm. him
3: take one off of a golden rod mm-hmm. and carefully pull out the, the golden rod. And then he had a screen on the top and a screen along the side, just a little hole. Yeah. And, and the box is made out of wood. He made it himself. And then it had a separation in the middle of the box, a slide type of thing that could close off the bottom part mm-hmm. of the box. Yeah. And in the bottom part part of the box, he had a honeycomb, I believe it was, or some kind of comb, and he would cook on a wood stove. That's all they had for cooking and heat, was a wood cook stove. Yeah. And... He um, would make up a syrup out of sugar and water. Yeah. A certain consistency. And then he would put some in the bottom of that and um, close it up. And he'd look for activity at that screen at the bottom, not really at the bottom of the box, but along the side of the bottom. Okay. And once he saw the bee you know, trying to get out, you know, or trying to, you know, it was finished with whatever it was doing, you know, sucking up the syrup or whatever.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And so then you'd open up the uh, slide halfway, and it would crawl up and crawl to the top of the box and clean itself all off so it could fly away. Mm-hmm. Uh- and then, of course, you would time it. He never timed it with a watch or anything, but they usually go about a mile a minute. You probably know that. Okay. Then, then they do that dance in the hive and uh-huh. communicate to the other bees, "Hey, I found a good source of nectar or whatever," oh. which takes about another minute. So if they're gone three minutes, they're usually gone about a mile. And if a minute and a half, they've gone a half mile, and so on. So yeah. Oh well, yeah. So we used. To and so out.
2: they would come back to the box.
3: Oh yeah, And they bring their they bring their friends with them. Oh, for heaven's sakes! And, and, and I know and of uh, another guy who actually used to uh, take chalk dust and dust the bees yeah, and with different colors as they came in and see if those colors were coming back. Mm-hmm. So he get a pretty good idea. And my grandfather would, had a nose on him like he was living off the land all his life. He knew about bees. He knew about everything that was growing. And he would uh, be able to find, you know, he'd see which way those bees are going because they go up from the box
5: mm-hmm. when yeah. they
3: were ready to go back to the hive. And they would circle around till they got like uh their
2: orientation,
3: oh uh, yeah, and mm. so they would then take off in the bee line, mhm, <laughs> and
2: you know
3: then then they would come back, you know, so it wouldn't take my grandpa long to go and find that bee tree
2: I'll be darned,
3: is not that that quite, something? quite a lot of fun
2: that is that is really cool, wow, yeah.
3: That's why my grandfather, you know, my grandfather living close to me like that. Yeah. He uh, he taught me uh, how to make whistles out of. Uh, oh, what's that? What's they use? They use the same wood for making uh, taps for uh, maple syrup. Oh, really? Uh, oh. Yeah. With the red, they have the red cone-shaped bloss or uh, yeah blossoms on them. Yeah. 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 Very soft wood.
2: Okay, you're not talking about poplar, are you?
3: No, it's softer uh, than pawpaw. Softer than poplar. It's kind of an invasive sort of like a, kind of thing.
2: like a willow or something.
3: Yeah, but huh. he taught me a lot of different things like that. So. Oh,
2: cool. Norm, thanks so much for that. That, that was okay. a great story, and I really appreciate it. And, I'm glad. And uh, let it. us know when the bees come back, because uh, I'd I like, will. like to know.
3: I'm praying every night for them <laughs> uh, to find their way back. Yes,
2: yeah. Okay, Absolutely. well, thank you very much. Yeah, take care, Norm. Um, we got, uh, okay, Forbes, we'll get back to you after the break. We're going to have to take a break now.
6: Dandelion Acres is a beautiful garden center in central Vermont, where you can find gorgeous flowering hanging baskets, annuals, perennials, trees, and shrubs. They also have an extensive selection of vegetables, fruit trees, and berry bushes, and can also offer helpful advice to make your growing season a success. There's pottery, garden furniture, statuary, and decor from the whimsical to the sublime. Dandelion Acres Garden Center is in Bethel, Vermont. Go to dandelionacres.com for current operating hours and COVID caveats.
0: Let me tell you about the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees and the moon up above. And a thing called
1: Well, right now, back to In the Garden with Peter Burke. <laughs> well, again, our lesson about the birds and
2: the bees, have we? <laughs> so we, do we have uh, still have Forbes on the line there? Yes. Yeah, Still here. Hey, Forbes. Welcome. I'm good. How about yourself? Good program. (laughs) We're into it. (laughs) Yeah, you bet. (laughs) I noticed
5: uh, earlier you had talked about pears.
2: Yes, yeah.
5: I grow a limited amount of them, of course. Uh, uh, Blossom and rot. Uh
2: huh, yeah.
5: Blossom blight and pear uh, uh, cilia. Yeah, yeah. The biggest enemy. Yeah. Organically, you're going to use uh, safer insecticide and soap and um, sulfur early, but yeah. not late because yeah. it'll it'll tarnish your pears.
2: Yeah, it's okay. a battle;
5: it's a constant battle. And it won't hurt the bees.
2: Yeah.
5: I notice also you mentioned uh, David uh, Slayback. Uh, yeah. In uh, your comments, um, I've dealt with him for years. And uh-huh. He's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And anybody looking for any Real good material. Uh, could kind of contact him, and they have a catalog that goes out. Yeah, he uh, lectures at Cornell oh,
2: and mm-hmm.
5: everywhere else. I mean, just, uh, great,
2: great book, great book. Uh, I really liked it. I, it was about as straightforward and simple as I've ever seen, and. I've read a lot of right. them, so it's yeah. A, yeah. And I, I just thought that was a real eye opener for me. Is like what you do between uh, April and and May, is more important than anything else you do in the whole season. You know, right. I, I, you know, you don't think well, scab is uh, starts in April. You think oh, scab starts someplace in August or September, but not so, not so. No,
5: no, it's, it's airborne and, and moisture carries
2: it uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the beginnings huh. of it are early on, not, not late. So rather than treat it, uh, right. try to treat it, which is impossible. You, you know, you try to prevent it. Prevention, Got it. Got you know, being the best, uh, the best all-around medicine for plants too. Right, right. So uh, uh, yeah.
5: The bumblebees are proliferate this year. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, and, uh, I could not you know, believe it. One bumblebee is equal to about 200 honeybees.
2: Oh, <laughs> no kidding. Yeah.
5: Huh. Their pollination aspect because of the hair, yeah, yeah, you know the uh, on them, and of course they can reach in deeper uh, to certain plants and the blossoms, mm-hmm. and uh, they're, they're really a godsend. That and the monarch butterfly, yep,
2: Yeah, I don't know how much the hummingbird do, do uh, the how much uh, actual pollination they do, but boy, they're they're rife. That's for sure. They're all over Yeah, dress. how much
5: pollen they? they in <laughs> yeah, I,
2: I, 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 I think they're know. in for the sweets. <laughs> yeah,
5: you yeah, know, well, let's see. Uh, honeybee is a pollen seeker, and a bumble—I mean, a bumblebee is a pollen seeker, and a bu- honeybee is a, a, a nectar seeker.
2: Mm, mm. So
5: that's why you get better uh,
2: pollen- pollination with huh. a bumblebee. Wow. Oh, that's oh. interesting. I never realized. Yeah, we do have a, a lot of uh, the bumblebees, but the, the, uh, the honeybees love for some reason that, that creeping time even more than the bumblebees. So who knows? Right. It's a good thing to, it's good to have a little bit of all of them <laughs> or a lot of all of them, one or the other. Um, now on the
5: unpleasant part.
2: Yes. Kicks. Oh,
5: they're absolutely unbelievable. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah um,
5: yep. If you've got anything that you can offer people on that one, uh, they'd probably be well welcomed. Yeah. I use a uh, painter's coveralls, mm-hmm. light mm-hmm. yep. synthetic painter's coveralls. Yeah, yep. And when I come in, they're actually covered. Yeah. And, uh, but that's the best protection that I know of out there, you know, in the grasses or anything else, but they're right. proliferate this year.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, um, I talked to my, um, Jim, um, uh, my son-in-law, he's, uh, he, he gets those, uh, those clothes that are, uh, you know, drenched in that, uh, that thyroid, from yeah. And, yeah. and they work very well for him but uh yeah. you know for yeah. all the rest of us like you say the best thing is to you know, tie, tie your uh tuck your your uh, your pants into your socks and you know uh, long sleeve shirts and white uh, you know all those things but you know we had the dog goes out we got we take her for a walk often uh different places in Plainfield and around around town down to Montpelier there walk there their bicycle path and and very, anyway, you know, she's on the bed the other night and, uh, she rolls over and there's this little dick cro- walking across the the white cover. It's like, oh, oh yeah. my gosh, you know. And the gift it keeps giving. Oh my goodness, you know, that's sort yeah. of, that's amazing. I use um, a
5: cedar circle. It's got a, a cedar based uh, mm-hmm. material with lemongrass and essential oils. Mm-hmm. And that is a pretty good deterrent, but still, they are a constant battle.
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, you've got to do the chick, tick chest, check, no matter what, right? And, uh, with the dog, we used to just use a comb, we go through her, comb her, you know, all around, and, you know, just try to, to pick up on everything, because they're awful hard to see, you know, with with a hairy dog like that, so. Anyway, yeah, you had to bring up ticks, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it's, it's
5: really a plague. Yeah. I
2: mean, uh, this year,
5: I, I think more than I've ever seen it. You know.
2: Yeah, it's, it's hard I to say. I was try. satisfied
5: with the mud uh, getting over, but this, this one really doesn't.
2: Yeah, yeah.
5: All right. Well, I okay. don't bother anymore. Good
2: program. I mean, <laughs> Take care, cool. Forbes. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, so, uh, just a reminder here, everyone. I know it's 84 degrees today. I was out there. I could feel it. It was hot. And I thought, oh, man, I might plant my tomatoes. (laughs) Don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) Don't be tempted. There's still a frost coming. I can guarantee that even if it's not a frost, guys, Uh, All of your heat-loving plants like your uh, tomatoes, eggplants, peppers, uh, basil, all of those things, they don't even like it when it's 33 degrees or 34 degrees or 35 degrees. So it's not even a late frost. Those will kill your plants but uh, the cold will definitely uh will set them back. So, uh resist the temptation and wait another 2 weeks. That's all. Go ahead and plant those all those other things you sh- you know, you got plenty to do, plenty of work to do with, without having to do those guys. You can you know, get your all of your uh, uh cabbage family, all of those and all the lettuces, you know, you can plant your charge your carrots, everything. Don't be tempted by this warm weather. Okay guys, uh, we have Bill in South Woodbury. Bill, how are you?
0: Oh, not too bad, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But, uh, uh, yes, I'm keeping my seedlings inside until, you know, usually I do Memorial Day up here because I'm 1,500 feet in Woodbury. Uh,
2: You know, I don't care if you're in Pennsylvania or Massachusetts, you should probably wait till Memorial Day. You know, these are, most of those plants are heat loving plants. So why not wait? You, You know, if you really want it early, plant a 42-day a or a 50-day variety. That'll get it to you. You know, that'll get your tomatoes earlier.
0: No, I'm uh, not if... worried about the timeline. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: so but anyway. I wanted to uh, expound upon the tick thing.
2: Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: Any tick, it doesn't matter what kind it is. Yeah. Or knows there's enough of them. Yeah. Uh, if you do find one on you. Yeah. You don't have to resort to a matchstick or just, you know, the tweezers. The tweezers are always helpful. Yeah. But a drop of Dawn dishwashing detergent, oh, and they will back right out. Really? Yes. Dawn dish. Almost immediately.
2: You know, it's funny you mention that because I noticed uh, it, it was actually at the drugstore they had these little tiny bottles of Dawn dish, uh, uh, you know, dishwasher, um, you know. Dish detergent, little blue little blue bottles, you know. So it's probably good to have one of those handy around, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I used them on the dogs, and uh, mm-hmm.
2: I've, I've used mm-hmm. it on myself. Mm-hmm. So how do you go about trying to discover the ticks on the dog?
0: Well, my dog is very, very short-haired, but it's very dense. Uh-huh. He's a, uh, yeah. a red bone hound. Okay. So I kind of like search here and there and if I feel a bump then I can locale, you know, locate it kind of you know easily but other than that his, his belly is kind of you know very sparse of hair but yeah yeah up top it's just so thick and then my other dogs were always so thick and downy
2: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. that well you know you look and what can you do
2: yeah, well, we've been just taking a fine tooth comb and combing through. You know that that seems to. Of course, she loves it, but you know it's <laughs> you can you can get her ears and everything all the way around, and then flip her over and do her again.
0: And uh, but, another thing, and my 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 previous dog Cody, mm-hmm. um, well, he was kind of a, a fluffy. He wasn't fluffy, fluffy, but he had longer hair. Yeah, and. uh when I went to Florida for a year and a half, mm-hmm. he, down in Tampa, there's a lot of fleas.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, well, I tried the Soresto color. That didn't work, and It was so bad. And I tried everything on the grounds, but, you know, every other day it downpours, and then you put the stuff out and it washes away. Yeah, yeah. And so about twice a week, I'd have to give him a flea bath.
2: Mm-hmm, yep.
0: And it eventually killed him. Oh, he got after that year and a half when I brought him back home up here. Mm-hmm. He started to get the lumps and bumps, mm-hmm. and you know, well, it's it's kind of like those pills that you can give your dog too for fleas and ticks. They're ingesting nothing but poison.
1: Mm-hmm. And oh, after that,
0: know. I was heartbroken, and I said, no more flea baths ever again.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So. Yeah, well, I just, I, s- I just bathe them with, uh, oh, I don't know, it's like an aloe, yeah. something shampoo.
2: Yeah, sure. I guess, uh, you know, it's funny, I, I kind of thought the program people would be complaining about the black flies, but so far nobody's even mentioned them. I was out picking the, uh, the rhubarb, uh, uh, for Joel this morning, and <laughs> I, at one point, you know, one flew in my mouth, who was like, ah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, now I'm going to sound
0: like somebody from Joel's Neck of the Woods years ago. I'm mean, Woodbury. we got black flies you Now you got to deal with them. There ain't nothing else to do. Yep, you can true. complain all you want, but you ain't going nowhere.
2: You mean if I don't just complain harder, they're not going to leave?
0: Mm, oh, no. If you complain harder, then it'll just tell the mosquitoes to get bitten harder. After the black flies go, they'll just leave a message out, hey, y'all, come on over
2: here. That's right. See, there's not four seasons in Vermont, is there? There's like about 20 seasons. You got, you, get,
0: right. after, you got that right. But after you know, winter, you, you got, got mus
2: season and black fly season. And <laughs> <laughs> Variety is the spice of life. <laughs> Boy, we got spice up here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, well, I just figured I'd let that little uh, uh, <laughs> well, dish washing thing tidbit. Uh, uh,
2: thank you. I appreciate that. I think it's a great tip. <laughs> All righty then. <laughs> All right. Uh, Joel, are we, is it time for a break? Or a I, I guess we
1: could take one right now. Uh, so, yeah, let decoration? us uh, thank our fine underwriters for All making right. this program possible. Let's do it. see you out in the moonlight. I'd
0: like to kiss you way back in the sticks. I'd like to walk you through a field of wildflowers. I'd like to check you for ticks.
5: <laughs> Once
2: again, oh Joel, here's Peter. <laughs> <laughs> there's a pickup line you don't hear very often oh my good lord
1: <laughs> that's Brad Paisley
2: yeah, yeah yeah what a sense of humor that man has <laughs> oh uh, lordy well um i was in the uh, uh brookside bookstore the other day which has uh, become is is so much fun to go wandering through there the other day uh, uh um you know my wife does taxes and after taxes she just wants to sort of shut down and and i wandered in there on the uh the independent bookstore day and there was two ladies there who were selling their selling their books authors and, and uh, I said, well, let me have one of each, you know, and and off I went and my wife was like, how did you know this is exactly what I need? I thought, my God, I got so lucky. But anyway, <laughs> I, I went back and I bought the second book for, you know, the continuation of the other one. She loved that one. And then I bought that book on, uh, you know, the Waterbury, uh, book, uh, you know, that the, the whole town is reading, which is, I thought this was so cool. But, um, then I came across a book called Vegetables and it's by somebody named, uh, uh, Christopher Kimball and and it is a book of vegetable recipes and it. it's just an absolute uh, t- uh, fun to read I mean it's like the just one one recipe after the other not to mention all these wonderful uh pictures in it and you know uh, <laughs> uh you know roasted egg eggplant with peppers uh, and you know Special roasted potatoes with something they call harisha or harissa, uh, charred zucchini with fennel and shaved parmesan, and of course just seeing the pictures enough to 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 make you hungry. And what else? Uh, corn shrimp and chilies and scallions, Indian carrot stir fry. Hot and sour stir fried cabbage, and it's just uh, from just about every every type of cooking. Stir fried green beans with mustard seed and chili. Boy, that looks delicious. And, uh, spicy snow peas, snow peas with uh, Szechuan peppers. Uh, you know, it just goes on and on. This is a it's a huge book, and there must be there must be 300 recipes in here. Anyway. And, uh, this, this, uh, they've got quite a few different ways to, to cook cauliflower, which has become, cauliflower and broccoli has sort of become, you know, uh, in vogue right now, as it used to be, but right now everything is cauliflower and, and, uh, and, um, uh, Brussels sprouts, I mean. The, uh, Brussels sprouts are very popular and, um and, uh, and they're expensive and that's, that's one of the, the things that I always look for. The, it's nine dollars a pound. Well, you can grow quite a few, uh, quite a few stalks of, uh, Brussels sprouts and, and, uh, I usually try to grow twelve of them. And my Brussels sprouts generally are about four feet tall and just loaded top to bottom. And so, you know, that's a that's a good plant to plant um, uh for uh money wise is that you you know you just you you can grow them a lot less than you can buy' them. so it's well worth it um Yukon gold and artichoke hash boy that looks delicious anyway um a fun book and I really enjoyed the uh uh and could not resist it. And that's is the only problem, of course, with going into a bookstore for me, is sort of like going into a hardware store. And uh, oh we got we got a color. Shoot. Rich in Starksboro. Rich, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good, Peter, and you? Oh great, great. Beautiful day, huh? Yeah. Yeah.
6: Pretty hot out there though. <laughs>
2: How are the black flies
6: but, there, <laughs> yeah, it keeps them away, I guess <laughs> uh, but I, I i wanted to ask you about uh we, well, we had a lot of stuff in our garden, we kind of didn't know where it came from we're guess' later than we're supposed to be, but we're out there kind of stirring our soil around and getting ready to put our yeah. annual amendments on top, sure, yeah. and um. We found we pulled up these. It looked like something we'd planted last year, and it, certain it turned out it was. And we pulled up three
2: parsnip plants. Oh yeah.
6: And uh, yeah. And there were parsnips on there. Now, should we have let those sit there and grow? Or? Oh
2: no, this is a perfect time to harvest uh, parsnips for sure. Uh, okay. No, if you if you let them grow uh, at this point, you, you'll just get flowers. It'll just uh, bolt and and. Uh, uh, the root will just get real, real hairy. You won't, you know, you won't have a good parsnip. So, yeah, absolutely. So the, root,
6: the root seems to be already hairy. Root, so yeah.
2: Forget yep. about eating them? I'd give them a try. I'd just okay. scrub yeah, them off and yeah. peel them okay. and, uh, and, uh, or, or scrub them if they're clean, uh, and peel okay. them if you think you need to. Uh, and then either roast them or just, uh, slow fry them. And, uh, mm-hmm. last night I had eggplant that we just slow fried in the fry pan and, uh, rather than bake them or anything, just with olive oil and a little garlic powder and they were just fantastic. But anyway. Now, now, last week
6: you were talking about different amendment things and mm-hmm. I think mixing maybe some kind of Kelp, something or other, in water to water plants, or
2: oh yeah, like um, the there's liquid seaweed kelp and liquid uh, uh, fish meal or uh, uh, liquid fish, and okay. you can what get a combination of the two of them, and it's about um, a tablespoon per gallon. Some of them are two tablespoons a gallon, so you just have to read.
6: Sure. One of the things you didn't mention was uh, compost tea. Is that how does compost tea compare effectiveness with those other two things?
2: Oh, yeah, same, same idea, same idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, compost tea, you know, uh, probably the, f- the, f- the liquid fish has more nitrogen than a compost tea, but both of them, uh, the sea kelp meal or the liquid sea kelp and the, the compost tea, both of them just seem to have an energy boost uh, and, prov- you know, promote root growth. And they offer just a tons of trace minerals and all the things that really make a healthy plant. And mm-hmm.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are, are there any issues with keeping your compost tea and water for extended lengths of time in the mm-hmm. hot sun? You get uh, does it uh create
2: gets a little stinky. And definitely.
6: moss or whatever that's gonna be bad for your It's gut?
2: definitely it definitely is stinky. Um uh you know, one of the things that people use too is they take uh, Comfrey leaves and you see there's a lot out now, we have a ton now, and they put that right in uh right in a bucket of water and let it steep and and that makes another good uh um uh liquid uh, uh fertilizer. And and that's got so much uh, calcium in it and same thing, those uh, comfrey roots just go deep, 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 deep. Sort of like the dandelion in a way they go real deep and and draw up all kinds of trace minerals and minerals from the from the soil. So um, all of those are good to to super good, and I I wouldn't hesitate to use either or all of them. You know, it's okay. So no
6: problem with aging, I guess, for lack of a better word, <laughs> compost tea.
2: Other than the stink, no, no,
6: nope. yeah, no. Nope. Yeah. You know, it just was hot for yeah. days on end, you know.
2: It could be really ripe by the time you, you get to it, but no, it's no problem yeah. at all. Okay. Alright, uh, all right. you know, obviously if it's still real hot, you know, you, you want to let it cool down a little bit, but I like, yeah. I like the water with sun warmed, uh, uh, sun warmed water um in a bucket you know let it warm up a little bit rather than the super cold cuz uh you know it comes right out of the well for us and that's you know 55 degrees and that can you know that can give uh give it a little uh, yeah. chill chill what
6: i do is i put about 2 inches of compost in the bottom of the 5 gallon pail sure and i run the hose in there with mm-hmm. a jet stream and fill it up get it all swirled around and i
2: yep.
6: pour, uh, dip it out with a you know, a pint mason jar and, yeah. and uh, pour it around.
2: Perfect. And yeah.
6: I, I refill it maybe 15 or 20, 30 times before I put in a new batch of compost.
2: <laughs> okay. It sounds That's great. Good. Sounds great. Yep. Yeah. Okay. A little cup of tea. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you very so right, much, Rich. Appreciate yeah. it. Yep. Take care now. Thanks for the question. You I too. appreciate your call. Bye bye. So, do we have a poem coming up here?
0: Nola is like a dream
4: come
0: true she's sweet and unaffected everything <laughs> Nola seems to do is really unexpected Noah has twinkling eyes of blue and cherry lips perfected everything nice like sugar and spices <laughs> Nola <alive>. walking along <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hey Nola hey I I was uh I was thinking about you this morning I I wondered if you'd had any luck with your grasshoppers Well
4: that's one of the reasons I wanted to give all of you an update. Yeah. I'm, I'm afraid to give you an update for fear that I'll jinx things. <laughs> but generally, by this point in May, they have come. Mm-hmm. Not a sign, oh. not a hop from anybody.
2: And so if I remember
4: right, you I were... I killed.
2: You tilted, yeah.
4: Is that what did it? I don't know. Oh, and absolutely. Mind you, there's I, still plenty of time to show up. But Uh, generally the second week of May, all the little munchers are munching away.
2: Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> It makes good sense, for sure. It makes good sense that just telling them up would, would uh, you know, disrupt the cycle. Uh, so good for you. We'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed evil for and you. I
4: do cruel, but boy, yeah. not, I mean, the greens look so good <laughs> without the nibbling. And having said that, I, I wanted to share one green that I started new this year, mm-hmm. not in a great amount, but people might want to try it. It's called Red Oryx. O r a c e. Oh,
2: I've seen it in some of the mixes. Yeah,
4: it's so beautiful. It's yeah, red, purple. It's just absolutely beautiful. It's got a lemony taste, and you can just pluck and add into your salad as you feel so moved. So I wanted to let everybody know about that. Yeah, it's a good one.
2: That's good. That's good. So that, um, uh, do you plant it individually or in a mix?
4: I plan everything individually mm-hmm. yep. because the people that buy from me, some people don't want this and don't, don't want, want that. that. Gotcha. So yeah. we need so, to do walls, yeah. so sort of like, speak. Yeah, yeah.
2: They can they can mix and match as they like.
4: Yeah, well, that's cool. Red auric. So red auric. Yep. It's worth a try. Tiny little seeds, and you think, oh, maybe they won't grow, <laughs> but they germinated, and they're beautiful. Uh,
2: is that it? maybe it's a a mustard family? Um, I well,
4: know. I don't know. It's
2: like mustard no, it's it has not. Teeny, tiny little. No, not. According to this,
4: I, I've never seen the scientific name. Oh, okay. A triplex hortensis.
2: I shouldn't have asked. I have no idea.
4: (laughs) I don't either. (laughs) Um, It's it's listed in the catalog, in the Johnny's catalog, specialty greens.
2: All right, great. Well, I'll check check it out for sure. That sounds wonderful.
4: Great. And then you started the show talking about fruit trees, and here's just a little gift from Mr. Frost, who was also a fruit tree grower. Yeah. No talking about ticks. The poem is called, it's short, it's called Peril of Hope. It is right in there betwixt and between the orchard bear and the orchard green when the boughs are right in a flowery burst of pink and white that we fear the worst. For there's not a climb, but at any cost we'll take that time for a night of frost. <laughs> so I I don't know. I know it's not Memorial Day yet, but I think we're gonna be okay.
2: Frost from frost, uh
4: and he has a lot of frosty poems. yes. <laughs> Why not? Might as well take it advantage.
2: Well, so, I, you know, a lot of trees will will uh, can suffer through one, you know, light frost. It's those those uh, big, heavy, thick frosts. But um, you know,
4: we'll see what comes next. We yeah. here in Ripton, at least at our elevation, leafed out yesterday.
2: Yeah. Oh man.
4: And what a gift to see these tiny little maple leaves and beech leaves and birch leaves. Mm-hmm. So beautiful, so beautiful. They do it every year, and
2: mm-hmm. I say thank you. I know. This morning, I was saying to my wife, I said, I, I, "I think that those things are are leafing out even as I sit here and watch, because every time I look away and look back, it looks like there's more out there."
4: It's true. It's it was true. just. I walked to the compost pile yesterday morning, and all of the buds were closed up tight.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep.
4: Walked back to the compost pile in the afternoon. Yep. Leave.
2: There you go. Yeah. Well, that was the way it was with those pears this morning. Uh, one, one leaf, one flowered yesterday. And my wife was like, Oh my gosh, I, I hope, uh, I hope, uh, you know, there's other plants that are gonna flower and, you know, so they'll pollinate and I wonder, I told her, well, you could get out there with your, uh, you know, little q-tip and, uh, help them out. <laughs> she, she did not appreciate my comment, but, uh, uh, she was saved from, from q-tipping, uh, by the fact that the, all the, all of the rest of the, Nine or so pear trees were completely flowered out this morning. So, yes, miracle. Yeah, it is a miracle. Miracle, miracle, for sure. So
4: I say to all of you, be well and let's make it through this heat and keep on growing.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Take
4: care. Bye bye.
2: Yeah. Thanks, Noah, for the call. Um, let's see uh final thoughts uh, so we actually end on time this <laughs> yeah well I might <laughs>
1: that'll be a first but that's fine <laughs> we just have too much fun here uh,
2: you know that's it and uh, I just absolutely enjoy so, uh, Joel, this is the book I was talking about, Vegetables. Oh, wow. Milk Street Vegetables. Oh, Milk Street. Oh, I, yeah. I've heard of that. But anyway, yeah, it's, uh, and it's an incredible book, huge book. Uh, and, uh, I will pass on any recipes I find that are easy to do.
1: Um. <laughs> The only trouble I have with the uh, cookbook recipes is that it always asks for some exotic spice yeah. that, if I do find it, costs uh, you know six ninety nine for the bottle, and I just a one quarter teaspoon. <laughs>
2: but, that's, that's right. And then when you go to look for it again, you can't find it. So I, it's like this one I was reading the uh, harissa, H A R I S S A sauce, and it's a it's a little bit hot and for the potatoes, but anyway. You know, actually, salt and pepper on potatoes. Yeah, I just uh, <laughs> substitute <you> know,
1: garlic <laughs> p- garlic powder or <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever I have yeah, handy, yeah, yeah, like yeah. talcum powder. Yeah. Do
2: you know. like eggplants?
1: Hmm? I, oh, I love. Oh, I love yeah.
2: eggplants. Yeah. Well, actually, it was just you know about quarter inch slices, mm. sprinkle of uh, of um, uh, well olive oil yeah. and then a little bit of garlic uh, powder. Wonderful. And then just fry them. You know, just sit there and. and fry them until they're brown, and mm-hmm. then it's absolutely delicious. We had pizza last night, of course, and my wife was slipping those on top. They're of so the good. Pizzas. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, half of gardening is cooking, too, you know, so we have to include tips on, on good to, good cooking.
1: <laughs> oh, Lordy. Well, I'm going to uh, go out in my garden and do the first preparation of my uh Of my raised beds for Mm -hmm. planting, I Mm -hmm. I think I'm safe putting them in next to Lake Champlain in 85 degree weather. Yeah, yeah. 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 But for me, I told you, for me, it's not the. black fly. Well, I'm sure they're all. everybody's out there and the ticks mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. and everything, but for me, it's the giant rabbit. <laughs> so like, they're twice the size of last year.
2: Do they let you get the plant in the ground, or they eat it right out I'm of your hand? I'm afraid head. they're
1: going to chase me and the dog <laughs> off my property. No, it's a, You know, there's an, a, an interesting story here. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll take a moment, and I'll be responsible for going over time, but make a long story short. I think uh, Ken Squire's dad, uh, the old Squire, Lloyd Squire, at one point up on Blush Hill, as one of his many entrepreneurial projects was raising meat rabbits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and that worked yeah. out fine, except for the couple that got away that bred with the uh, wild rabbits that oh. interbred with. And for a stretch, I was told, and this is way back in history, that mm-hmm. there were some very strange looking, you know, logomorph, I think that's what you call a rabbit, a logomorph, very strange rabbit. Crit- critters crossbreeds that were mm-hmm. roaming around on brush on on blush hill <laughs> obviously big and meaty because mm-hmm. they were you know mm-hmm. uh, bred from uh, the escaped Meat stock that that mm. he had out there
2: it was, it was sort of a, interesting. A, a, a
1: hair bit? <laughs> I, could, could very well be. Well, I used to try to. I teased my kids. I used to tell because we have a friend, uh, a couple of friends from Cabot, uh-huh. including Hanson Tebbutt. Yeah, I yeah. told. I told. Them, I tried to tell my daughters that Cabot is a very rare place where cats and rabbits interbreed, and you have this strange creature <laughs> where you have rabbits with long ears but long cat tails as well. And um, and they call them Cabots. They, uh, my daughters still never believe. Anything that I tell them anymore, I, can, I completely I ruined it.
2: You know? See now why?
1: <laughs> anyway, I, I, cats it and be, rabbits, uh, yeah, oh. In cabin, in cabin. Oh, Gosh. At any rate, uh, your final thoughts because they they mean something. I just free associate, you know.
2: <laughs> well, for the rest of us, yeah, you better hold off on planting. That's that's the main main thrust of what I wanted to say today is that. And if you have. free... Fruit trees, uh, you know, um, now is the time. Now is the time. You want to get a, a fungicide and an insecticide and uh, uh, spray. Um, if there's flowers, you don't want to spray the flowers, of course, because uh, the you get the honeybees and the bumblebees. But the um, once the flowers have dropped, that's when you do the uh, insecticide. But right now you can do a fungicide spray uh, on the uh, branches and the bark and stuff. Um, Real important, and that will pay you uh, dividends in the fall when you get those beautiful, beautiful fruits. All right, buddy. We will see you next week, as, as usual, in the
0: garden. gonna make this garden grow all it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground inch by inch Row by row, someone bless
2: these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down.
1: In the Garden today has been brought to you by the Willie's Store, family-owned since 1900 in Greensboro. By Polly Construction, Gregory Drive, South Burlington, where one call does it all. Montpelier Agway, your locally-owned Montpelier Agway, East Montpelier Road. By Menard's family-owned True Value Store, Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Clawson's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester. Top quality Vermont grown plants since 1972. By V's Flowers and Garden Shop. Flowers, Hanging Baskets, Annuals, House Plants, Potting Supplies and More in Waitsfield. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber, Vermont's largest independent home center. Go to SticksandStuff.com for store locations and hours. PR Lumber, Route 15 in Walkett, with family milled lumber for all your projects. Check out PR Lumber on Facebook. Guys Farm and Yard, with four locations in Vermont to serve you. If it eats and grows, guys can feed it. GuysFarmandYard.com. Dandelion Acres Garden Center in Bethel. Dandelionacres.com. Dandelion Acres. Also with WDEV's In the Garden podcast. Check us online. WDEVRadio.com. Do join us again each and every Saturday at 1230 in the noon hour for In the Garden with
0: Peter Burke. Someone blessed these seeds I sow Someone warmed them from below Till the rain comes tumbling down Till the rain comes tumbling down Inch by inch, Row by row